I'm Ben Nikes, the superintendent of the Zachary Community School District, and uh, proud to be here today and, and talk about the great things that are going on in our schools. Keep listening for more excellent living and engaging stories. Hello, Zachary. We are continuing with our Back to School Showcase. You've heard from the ZHS Band of Blue Drum Majors, District Athletic Director and Broncos Head Football Coach, Coach Brew, and this week we're thrilled to have Zachary School Superintendent Ben Nikase with us in the booth. If you haven't yet, go check out his article in the latest special edition of Fortune Parish, the Zachary Community School District Guide. It's right there on the first page. And for those of you who need a quick refresher, Ben Nikase was elected the new superintendent of the Zachary Community School District by the board on May 2nd. He's a decorated military veteran with a background in workforce development honed through years of executive leadership position with the East Baton Rouge Parish School System, where he became an award-winning educator. In 2008, as a finalist for State Teacher of the Year and 2014 Louisiana Principal of the Year. Today, we're going to learn more about his journey from loafer student to top educator and the many plans he has in store for the Zachary Community School District. I'm Jen Gennaro, editor of Fortune Parish. We bring you the best of Zachary and the Development North region through candid conversations every Monday from our headquarters right here on High Street. This is Fortune Parish, the podcast. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Attention entrepreneurs and professionals in Zachary, Louisiana. Get ready for the Zachary Business Co-op, the newest co-working sensation. Our 2,750 square feet of collaborative space in the revamped Rising Plains Business Park, located at 19850 Old Scenic Highway, is a game changer. Say goodbye to hefty bills. With co-working, you only pay for space that you need. And that's not all. Join our vibrant community to fuel your business growth. Don't miss out on pre-leasing opportunities. Call Mike Gennaro at 225-931-3111 today. Zachary Business Co-op, where affordability meets collaboration. Join us and thrive together. Okay, the lightning round. How long did you serve in the military? 14 years. And how long have you worked in education? Uh, Right at 23 years. Uh, Tell us a little bit more about your military. Yeah, sure. Um, It was kind of interesting. I wasn't sure quite uh, what I wanted to do growing up, especially in high school. And I had the opportunity uh, to enlist in the Army National Guard when I was 17 years old. So March of my junior year, I, I enrolled, and I actually went to basic training my junior year of high school. So I left as soon as school ended, and I got back right before it started, nine weeks. And so being able to go through basic training uh, as a basically 11th grader, really kind of grounded me and made me mature very quickly. So when I came back my junior year or my senior year of high school, I really kind of felt like I needed to, you know, think about my future. Um, But as I progressed through there, I was part of the uh, 256th Infantry Brigade. We were combat engineers in the 1088th Engineer Battalion. And so our role was really to uh, lay mines and and clear minefields and and do things in a a mechanized uh, tank-type world. Uh, but then in 2004 and five, we got deployed to Iraq and served as a platoon sergeant there. And there wasn't a lot of things, uh, you know, that would be traditional military roles there. Uh, we were there to support, you know, basically uh, people and, and the government and, and support people and uh, clear routes for our other uh, military and civilian uh, contractors. So we basically just cleared routes and we supported and made sure that people were able to safely move around the city of Baghdad. Thank you. And thank you for your service. 
What are your top three back-to-school must-haves? Well, I guess one of the first things is breakfast. I'm a big believer in <laughs> making sure one, eat a good breakfast because the school day is long uh, as an administrator um, and even as a teacher. You know, oftentimes lunch really was used up for other things. So a pack of crackers or a Snickers bar at 3 o'clock in the afternoon turned into so- or lunch. Um, other things, definitely, uh, I'm a tech guy, so iPad, computer, I do everything digital. So definitely I'm not not about a paper. I like carrying everything digitally and having it in one place. Um, and probably my third thing would be, um, you know, just uh, being excited to get back and, and see the people in schools, the teachers, the kids, and just the relationships. So getting back to talking with people and being around the school once it gets life back into it when the school year starts. Right. And how do you wake up in the morning? Are you a caffeine guy? Absolutely. So, Coffee, espresso, Coffee, caffeine? all the way, yep. Yeah. So, again, uh, we'll either have some at the house or pick up some on the way, and, uh, and then several cups throughout the day. I hear that. Me too. Okay, so describe the Zachary Community School District in five words or less. Well, I think it would be a model of excellence. And again, that's something that we, you know, connect to um, anyway. And that's part of, you know, when the system was set up, the idea of we're going to do the best we can and we're going to, you know, continue to be at the top level of excellence. And we're trying to continue to do that today. A model of excellence. So you did it with one word to spare. I'm very impressed. (laughs) Okay. So now moving into the meat of the interview, our actual interview questions. So during your welcome address at the teacher's convocation last week, um, or two weeks ago, you said something that really stuck with me. You talked about how your most difficult days in active duty somewhat paled in comparison to your days as an educator. For those that missed it, can you give us a quick recap of your school kickoff address and tell us about some of the daily challenges that educators face? Sure. Um, You know, and again, I haven't served in both roles, you know, as a soldier, but also as a teacher. And it definitely, I lived it, so I'm not taking anything away from service or service members or anything. But we also uh, experienced sometimes, you know, 24, 36-hour missions where we were out um, doing some pretty intense work and some dangerous work. And even though, you know, that's definitely something that's a mental and emotional toll and physical toll, when I came back to the classroom, I found that to be still very similar. Uh, You know, when teachers teach at a minimum, for eight hours. It doesn't also account for all the planning that goes into it prior to that, or even the things they may be doing like tutoring and stuff after school. And if you're doing teaching right, you're giving it 110%. You're emotionally tied to it. You literally are performing every day, every minute, because teachers have bad days, just like everyone else, but you can't let students see that. You have to continue to come to class, stay positive, work hard. We have teachers who not only prepare one class, but may have two or three or four preps that they have to prepare for. So, again, that mental toll at the end of the day, as a teacher, I just caught myself going, I'm, this is the same feeling I, I remember when I was in Iraq sometimes. So, again, I think we, we can never underestimate and we definitely need to appreciate all the things that our teachers do and sacrifices they make, sometimes with their own family, because, again, they spend eight hours sometimes with our kids, and they go home and spend less than that with their own children. Mm-hmm. So, again, they are giving so much to us, and we got to remember they are service servants as well. Mm-hmm. And it's 
it's when you have to be always on like that, it's mentally exhausting, even if you're not even doing anything physical, just right. that mental toll that it takes on you. I can certainly understand right. that. And they're serving in the roles of almost social workers, teachers, uh, uh, confidants. You know, I mean, they are taking on that role sometimes even as a quasi parent, you know, during the school mm-hmm. day. So, again, just a lot we ask of them. So going back to you being a self-described loafer in high school, um, tell us about that and how you discovered your passion for learning and education. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, when I look back at high school, I just remember sleeping, not necessarily in class. It wasn't (laughs) that bad, but um, I just remember constantly sleeping, going home sleeping all all evening. Um, And again, I I was one of those students who I, I... I did, I did my work, I'd take a test, but I wasn't always going to turn in every piece of homework. But I'd make an average of C on a test and, and, and not care and move forward. Um, really, I never, my parents never pushed me to do more because, again, I was just going to go work construction I, you know, or, or work somewhere when I got out of high school. There really wasn't an idea of go to college or any post-secondary type thing. Um, and when I did exit and I found out, Hey, I really, you know, enjoy learning. I had the opportunity to go to college about a year out of school after I did work construction for a while. And I only expected to go to some, you know, school for maybe a semester. But uh, my friends encouraged me to try it out. The military was going to pay for it. And once I got there, I loved it. I was mature. I was probably 19 or so. I loved to learn at that point. And I looked back and I thought, who made that happen? And it was a lot of my teachers so my social studies teachers and others who really, um, you know, I enjoyed those classes, and that's what made me want to go into social studies education. And also, it was one of those things where looking back, especially with the Southeastern, uh, which had a great education program, looking back, I then realized the education I received, even almost vicariously at times, because I didn't actively pursue it, but was so good, and I, and I began to appreciate that later in life. Yeah, I think any lifelong learner, anybody with a passion for knowledge and education probably can remember that moment that things clicked for them. Right. So that's a message to all those teachers out there. You have no idea what day, what thing you say, what lecture you give is going to be the one that inspires somebody. So, Yeah, well put. I couldn't have said it better. Great job, Jen. <laughs> Thank you so much. Keep listening for more excellent living and engaging stories. Fortune Parish invites everyone to join us on August 25th at 6 p.m. for our first ever family dinner held at South Plains Food Company. Come meet others in the community, hear their stories, and enjoy a private buffet of some of South Louisiana's best cooking, including seafood pasta, boudin egg rolls, prime rib, seafood gumbo, and more, plus beer and wine. Tickets are $35 and must be paid in advance. Kids 12 and under eat free. Venmo at Fortune Parish or email editor at fortuneparish.com for other payment options. Keep listening. We'll be right back. You love listening to podcasts, but have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Maybe you want to build a brand, grow your business, or are looking for an excuse to talk about your favorite hobby. Whatever your reason for making a podcast, Buzzsprout is the place to start. Since 2009, Buzzsprout has helped over 300,000 people launch their own podcasts. Buzzsprout walks you step-by-step through the whole process and will give you powerful tools to start, grow, and monetize your podcast. Ready to get started? Click the link in the show notes to get our free step-by-step guide to starting your podcast today. Our 
School District offers students a multitude of pathways from tech to college to trades. So how do you hope to expand those opportunities and why is that important to you? Yeah, one of the things that's really amazing about our system is one, high performing, high expectations, amazing teachers, community system, which you know at its core is, is a wonderful thing. But we're also a big enough system where we can offer a lot of things. So the high school being close to 1,700 kids, you know, we a, we're able to offer a lot of classes, a diverse set of whether it's college, career, technical classes that other systems necessarily can't do because of a scale, or, you know, factor. On the other side of that, we're also, while we're big, we're small enough where you still know everybody's name. You still have those personal connections and it's, uh, it's grounded. So some of the things we're looking at is, one, we all already offer over 1,100 seat counts of advanced placement or dual enrollment courses. So those continue to expand and we want to offer more. And believe it or not, we offer right at about 2,300 vocational seat counts between our middle and high schools. Um, and then we even go down all the way to Copper Mill that offers some uh, vocational uh, opportunities and courses. So we want to make sure we expand that. Some things that we want to do is uh, make sure we do a better job of explaining the entire post-secondary continuum. Too often we kind of have this binary view of there's you leave high school and go to work or you go to a four-year university. In reality, as a society, we've not done a great job of explaining that you know, you have all these other options, whether it's a technical diploma, technical certificate, associate's degree, uh, and things where you can go straight into work and then earn more credentials or earn some credentials and then go, you know, into work. There's a lot of options. And we want to make sure parents and kids are aware of that. Um, so, again, at the high school, you have everything from medical programming, sports medicine, engineering, video game design, TV communications, podcasting in the future. So a lot of opportunities for kids, and we want to expand that. The last thing is we also want to look at our Port Hudson Career Academy and explore ways that we can offer more things there as well. We have industries in, the, in, in our city and around us that we can start pushing and maybe doing more manufacturing, automotive, and some other things as well. So we're excited about that. And then finally, internships. We want to look at how do we connect with businesses and offer some true internships uh, based on kids' uh, interest in aspirational careers. Cool. Let us know if we can help. Okay, so one of the biggest immediate changes I've noticed as a parent is the centralized registration. Tell us a bit more about that change and some of the other changes that have been implemented since May. Yeah. So and one of the things, and the district has done always done a good job of always thinking through how do we help parents, how do we help families, and this was just another natural progression, too, um, that ideas had been tossed around and thought about this. And it was as simple as, look, when a family comes to, the, you know, to our community, can they just come to central office and enroll all their kids in a one-stop shop? And that way, that if they, they're not going to two or three different schools to enroll, uh, which is very time-consuming sometimes, we offer online registration now as well, so parents can actually enroll on their phone, take pictures of documents, and immediately upload them and save a ton of time. We're not having to make copies and do other things. So that connected with the centralized enrollment is a time saver. The other thing it does, though, is really lets us welcome parents and onboard them into the community. Mm -hmm. 
So we have welcome packets with community, uh, you know, items. We have, uh, you know, free ticket to, hey, go to, you know, one of our uh, sports events as a family and enjoy it and get to, you know, see what the experience is. Uh, so welcoming uh, letters from us and other documents just to make sure they're set. If we're in the office and I'm there, I'll walk out and we'll talk to the parent and just welcome them and, and, and get to know them immediately. So, again, those are the type of things we want to focus on is just those personal experiences because, again, we want to welcome to the parish and, and make you feel at home. And can you give us a sneak peek about what other changes are on the horizon? Yeah, so one of the things we're excited about and we'll be really uh, recruiting for and also we have a nominations for is our uh stakeholder advisory group. So we're starting really five different groups where we're going to rotate those quarterly and let people kind of give us feedback. And also when we go to, you know, think of ideas or policies, we want them to have feedback on that, but we also want to bubble up and find out things that we may not even be thinking of that could be good recommendations for us to consider. Um, So that will comprise a a parent and guardian uh, advisory group student advisory group, which will be great to get student voice. Uh, We'll also have a teacher advisory group. We'll have our uh, support workers advisory group. So all of our support workers will have that voice. And then finally, a community advisory group, which will make up community members and a lot of different organizations will have a chance to have someone on that committee. That's exciting. Um, So tell us what key areas do you want to elevate in the 2025 strategic plan? Yeah, so that's one of the things we're really excited about. If we kind of stop and take a a pause, our current strategic plan is literally right at 2.5 years into a five-year plan. So we're halfway through. Uh, The plan was kicked off really right when COVID hit. And so what you see right now is there were things in the strategic plan that we far elevated and exceeded because of the pivots we had to make for COVID. On the other hand, there's things that we may not have gotten to because of the changes that had to be made. So we had to shift some things. So our goal really is, one, use the advisory groups I just mentioned, but also other stakeholders and our teachers and our staff to really take a step back and look where are we at on the plan and what do we want to elevate for the next couple of years? Because really in about a year and a half, we're going to be creating the next five-year plan So we're not going to change a ton of things, but we definitely need to probably pinpoint things we want to push. And our, you know, looking forward, what some of the things we want to take a look at is, you know, programming that we're using or or resources that we're using. Are there things that we can make sure that we, you know, collapse and we manage well and we get, you know, good feedback from teachers? Are there things that we need to adjust on? So really we want to take time to listen and then from there build out future plans. So aside from these upcoming focus groups or advisory groups, how can other people get involved? Yep. Well, we have tons of, whether it's school-level organizations like Zepto, uh, we have ZAF, and we have other organizations supporting athletics. If they go to their school, there will be plenty of things they can do. (laughs) Also, you know, our community partners, we have, you know, churches that do mentoring programs or reading programs. you know, you can reach out to your school and find out more. You can reach out to those organizations or more importantly, hey, send us an email and say, look, I just want to get involved in something. This is what I think I can help with and we will help you find the right uh, fit for you. And, you know, our um, Mike's mom here has been at the preschool because our third child just started pre-K and they need help um, 
carrying the school trays back and forth at lunchtime. So she's really found um, something she feels very passionate about is going to Zelk and helping these kids open their milk cartons and showing them how to move through a cafeteria line. So, that, <laughs> yeah, Well, that's, that's funny you say that because I, I'm a secondary person. I'm, most of my experience is middle and high school, so I'm excited about being able to kind of do more with elementary. And uh, when I was visiting Northwestern uh, Elementary, you know, last week uh, for teacher development day, it was interesting because the teachers, they were fed lunch, you know, by, by uh, Zepto. And they then literally started lining up in a row and sitting in this huge cafeteria. They all sat in a perfect row <laughs> down the line. But I was talking with Mr. Coates, the principal, and that was one of those things that was like, uh, I never thought of that, is, you know, they literally have people helping kids open packages on that because they're not used to that. Right. So, again, very interesting. You're right. Yep. So, from a micro level of opening milk cartons to, you know, being input on the 2025 strategic plan, there is a place for you, right? Exactly. Okay. So, speaking of getting involved, let's have a quick lesson on school board meetings. What types of decisions are made by the school board? And can you give us an overview of some meeting etiquette and how people can attend or sign up to speak at these meetings? Sure. So, you know, the school board, really, their functions really focus on two big areas, and that's policy and budget. So those are the areas that are main responsibilities for them. And it's our job to, to, to run operations for the school with the intent of those policies and the goals of our community. Um, when people come to meetings, it's important to note that when they go down the list, we'll have agenda items. But in a formal meeting, you have to make sure your comments are, you know, pertinent to the item that you're talking to. And so we have a process where you turn in a card and you can make, you know, a, a public comment and everything. And we definitely encourage that as well because that's all part of the democratic process, right? Um, now, oftentimes, if you have an issue or you need to address something that's not necessarily an agenda item, we are here, you know, for parents and, and for the community members. Please reach out to us. There will be no issue or, or, or concern that goes un, un, unaddressed. We'll definitely take that immediately, start looking into it, and then we'll follow up and make sure uh, that there's a solution to that as well. So whether it's reaching out to the school board or your principal or you know any of your district staff team members, that's what we're here to do is help. Um, and again, if there's something that doesn't fall really along any of those lines and you're not sure what to do, on our website we have a contact us piece that you can click and just put in any question or concern you might have, we'll answer that, or reach out to me directly. Um, you know, uh, email, call, stop by the office, and, and we'll sit down with you and we'll see what we can do to help. Mm -hmm. And there's also that Ask the District exactly. uh, question box on the homepage of the website as well. That's it. Um, and I don't believe you mentioned this, but the school board meetings, those are open forum, correct? Everyone is invited? Absolutely. You know, those are absolutely public meetings. We post those. Um, you know, each uh, on our website, and we also post those like on our front door and, and in public places just so people know when they take place. And absolutely, all those meetings are open. And those are the first and third Tuesdays, is that correct? Normally, they're the first Thursday of the, or first Tuesday of the month. Okay, yep. got it. And, the, and the, now they'll alternate that sometimes depending on events that happen in a year. But again, that's posted on our website, and you know you can also stop by the office and get the list for the uh, year as well and the dates. Great. Okay, and before we head out, sometimes it's easy to lose sight of how much we've got going for us in Zachary. We're so used to excellence from our schools to safety and quality of life, but sometimes we forget that it takes hard work. What is the message you want to make sure all of Zachary's residents hear? Yeah. 
I, I think the most important thing is, and, and you talk about excellence that's been happening for 20 years. First of all, that's not easy. Um, and, and to maintain it over that long amount of time, you really have to give kudos and thanks to the teachers and the, and the administrators and the, the central office staff and the boards that have all done that work for the last 20 years. Um, and our biggest thing is, at the end of the day, the most important part of, of educational life is what happens in the classroom between a teacher and a student. And so that's where the credit goes. Um, everyone else is here to support that simple action, whether it's the superintendent, the board, um, you know, our, our principals, our community. It all boils down to how are we supporting what happens between teachers and students. And so that's where the credit goes. That's right. 20 years. I forgot to mention that. That is major. So we became independent in 2003 and are about to celebrate the 20th um, what anniversary of the Zachary right. Community School District. Um, am I invited to the party? Like, what are we doing? When is it? Absolutely. What can there, I bring? We definitely will have to do something to celebrate. Can't wait. Put me on your committee. I'm excited. Okay, that is it for this week's episode of Porch and Parish, the podcast with Superintendent Ben DeCase. It has been a pleasure to have you here today, and I hope you know you are welcome back anytime. Huge shout out to our community partners like the Zachary Community School District, who stand with us in our mission to make Zachary a place where every resident feels heard and engaged. Thanks to the generosity and support of our community partners, the magazine, podcast, and everything you see online is possible and free. You can support us by supporting them. Until next time.